0: Look at the bright side. At least you're a migrant laborer that goes into the sky and not into the ground. So I have this strong woman always reminding me that don't be stuck in the glamour of what you're doing. The glamour is at home.
1: Welcome to Shotgun Story, the podcast that has conversations with indie creators about music, meaning, and the point of it all so that you may be inspired by the journeys of other artists who are doing it for themselves and maybe gain a little more understanding as to why it matters quite so much that you keep creating. There is so much to understand about what it means to have a career as an independent artist. And when you add children to the mix it can become a little more complex To help keep you creating, we're excited to bring you this 10-part series focusing particularly on being a parent in the music industry. This project is made possible with support from the Music in Africa Foundation, the German Federal Foreign Office, Siemens Stiftung and Goethe-Institut. As a musician and a parent, I know firsthand some of the challenges faced, and so these conversations have been really eye-opening. And remember to go to ShotKantori.com for bonus behind-the-scenes content from today's episode, as well as to explore the other conversations in this series. Sia Bungum Tembu is a performance artist, not a musician. We're going to talk about that in a second. <laughs> he's a curator, he's the vocalist from The Brother Moves On, and he's a dad. He's also our first returning guest on the show, which is really exciting, So, hi.
0: Hello. Nice to have you back. (laughs) Good to be back.
1: (laughs) First, why would you not call yourself a musician?
0: It just comes with baggage. I'd have to have gotten my grades. It would mean I read music Mm. in a certain kind of classical way. Yeah. Just things that I don't want to have to have to answer, even if I do end up answering them in my own experiential so I've taught myself the best way is when you're around artists, I don't call myself an artist. When I'm around musicians, I don't call myself a musician. Mm. There's less for me to defend Yeah. about who I am and how I am. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so. I love
1: how strong you are and how well you know yourself.
0: <laughs> well, it's like being the weird outsider kid teaches you how to define yourself. And I think you spend so much time trying to be something you're not. And eventually, all you have is to come to terms with what you have. Surrender. Yeah. Well, there's not much choice. It's like, knowing that it's never done. It's like, there's stuff that still needs to be written. There's acting that still needs to get done. Like, I told myself, next year, I'm going to start acting again. Mm. I don't know if it's going to happen.
1: Oh, my that's very interesting.
0: Yeah, well, I'm a trained actor. I studied drama. But... I always had a problem with playing someone else's personality. And that's a, such a basic way of looking at acting. But, and I've known great actors who've taught me the opposite of that. It's not to say that. But I didn't think I had it within me. But now I've watched and learned a lot more things to not be playing tropes of myself. So it will be easier to play someone else.
1: So acting next year? Possibly. Possibly.
0: <laughs>
1: but I'd like to get a sense of what's going on now. What have you got on the
0: go? I'm curating a collaborative piece of work that will involve Msaki, Umle, Opopolga Pico's vocal chorus, Joa Joa, which is like this duo from France. Like really cool music, but I can't even describe it as live, really. I try and link that. And the brother moves on as the house band for a 16th of December performance. It's a meditation on freedom songs and what freedom songs are and my view of them and then that's going to be put to vinyl and there'll be five sales of 500 units of that vinyl and it's for the Paris New York Heritage Festival. So that's the thing that's now in January, I'm going on tour with Indaba is, the brother goes, I curated a night at the Brussels Jazz Festival with the brother Muzan and Bokani Dyer. Wow. We then go to the Bimhese in Amsterdam and we do a night at the Bimhese. Then we each take a night at Moods in Zurich. And then we take a break and the brother heads to Slovenia for a night in Slovenia. And then we meet together on the day the album was launched last year to celebrate the anniversary at Sonyve in Paris. And then we fly home. Mm. And then I got a really great call. I'm going to be playing singing at the Zitz Marker. From the 10th and 11th of December, from this amazing, amazing curator known as Bonaventure. Oh, my God. Bon's asked me to come and sing the voices of those stuck at the bottom of the Atlantic. So I'm taking my good friend Malcolm Gianni, hopefully, with Ah. me. And the two of us are going to spend five days in Cape Town, you know, Mm -hmm. meditating on that.
1: I mean, I got goosebumps. That is beautiful.
0: That's for the next wow. You know, I got Brother Muzan shows, just finished a tour, got a tour in Jan, a tour in May a tour in November. COVID reliant, of course. Yeah. In Europe. Brother Muzan just released a project. And I don't know. I don't like to call it an album, a project called Tolikam Toliki, where together with Matuli, we worked with six tracks from the South African discography from 1965 to 85. And we redid them as the brother moves on to bring light to them, to a younger audience. But then at the same time, we also recorded our sophomore album, She, He, Who Feeds You, which is an eight-track epic of music we've found hard to record over the years. Songs which, like, there's one song, Buleng, we played it at our first gig. Whenever we tried to record it, it would just come out really rubbish. And this time, from the first note till the end, it's just on point. It's a really powerful album. We've signed a two-album deal with Native Rebels Records. We've also decided that the second album is going to be a big band album. So we're going to do tracks from the Brother Moves On discography, but with a big band as the second album. That's incredible. So we're not stuck. Uh, We're free. Whoever wants to leave the Brother Moves On over the next few years still has that freedom. And that's the brother. And then I recorded a few tracks of my own as himself. I uh, went with Malcolm Gianni to a studio and we recorded a few, you know, feeling tracks, just piano and vocals. There's one that's a definite one. It's called And She Said. My niece, after my brother died, came to me in the garden and said, Uncle, you look so sad. And he's sad because uncle's dead. Oh. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, my fairies also die. And something about that conversation just, like, sparked in me. That openness to grief, I guess. Yeah. And the song came up and was, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And shooting a documentary. We're shooting a documentary of recording in COVID and recording one of the biggest albums come out of South Africa globally in the last how many years, in double years, by going with T. Samunhang. He's coming with us on tour in January. On tour in May, he's shooting our show on Sunday. He's been shooting the South African scene since 2013.
1: I mean, okay. (laughs) My real question is how, but before we get to that, because it comes into this next part, you're a parent. Where are you in your parenting journey?
0: It's been kind of interesting. At some point, I thought I'd have to stop music to be a parent, and my wife's made me understand how would we make money. The first few years, I basically stopped everything,
2: Mm.
0: and I was with my child, and I think it was the first where Tantus was really alone. Tantus is my wife. Yeah. Shout out to T-Rex, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like the first period I was trying to get together Lawola money when she was pregnant. So we didn't spend a lot of time together in the pregnancy. Yeah. And a lot being like probably like four, if not three of the other months, she was alone at her parents and the rest of them I was with her at her parents place. Mm. When Vila was born, we were together inseparable unless I was on tour. I started going on tour with Shabaka, ancestors, because I'd quit the brothers. So it would mean lots of time at home. And then I'd be gone for like 30, 40 days. Yeah. And I'd be back at home again for a long period of time, two months, gone again for 30, 40 days. Uh, once Tantus' mom was like, she woke up, she was like, look at the bright side. At least you're a migrant laborer that goes into the sky and not into the ground. Oh. Yeah. My sister's version of that was, don't forget, you're just a flight attendant. The difference is that instead of saying chicken and beef, when you arrive, you have to sing. So yeah. I have this strong woman always reminding me that, like, don't be stuck in the glamour of what you're doing. The glamour is at home. And when I was about to go on a tour that would take me on, it was two European tours, two North America tours, and one Japan tour. And I was going to be gone from Ville's life. No, 180 days, probably 150 of those days I'd be gone. Oh. But I'd be able to come back and sit at home for three years of my life.
2: Yeah.
0: And just veg, to tell the truth, if I was smart. Yeah. And then COVID happened and shut everything down. Mm. My biggest worry of that time was like losing touch with my daughter because she's my pulse. She Mm. wakes up early in the morning and goes, Daddy! Mm. And then realizes mom's going to shut because she's being loud. (sighs) And then when he starts tiptoeing and finds me, and then we both get out the room and I ask her how I was asleep and ask her what she dreamt of. And was it a good dream or a bad dream? What she wants to have for breakfast. It was normally nothing at that time, but it just ask her. it's just to Oscar. It's like the norm. So I, it was this moment of like being sad about finally getting to somewhere in my career, but like having to leave Vile. Yeah. And God kind of sorted it out. I spent every day since with my daughter, unless my daughter's going with her mom to East London to go visit her granny. Mm. And it's a part of who I am. It's Even for the Zitamaka show... The conversation was the issue of the fee and what was going on. was quicker than the issue of, I need to bring my daughter and my wife. <laughs> my daughter's wanted to go to Cape Town for so long. Yeah. And the brother moves on to is not the safest thing to take her along with. Yeah. So this is making sense. Five days at least she gets to see Cape Town.
1: Oh, what a joy. Yeah.
0: That's the thing we always talk about with my friend, Dumi. We know we've reached a great point when we can take our families with us. Mm. And then you can say, after the gig, guys, I'm, we actually got a dinner that I do. We're taking her to the zoo. She's never seen a zoo this big. You know, just realize things because that's all that really matters at the end. I love my porch for that reason. So five,
1: V-less five. Or five? She
0: turned five in October 28th. Okay. So she's been five for less than a month. Okay. Yeah, Wonderful. It was, a, it was a big moment. But I, all she wanted was holiday and family with her mom and dad. So we went to Kingdom as this little resort just before you get to Sun City where the water slides are smaller. It's toddler friendly. Oh, and love. she enjoyed it. Yeah.
1: Love her priorities.
0: Yeah. Well, she's also our love child and she knows that and always reminds us of that. Her favorite moments is like she will be lying in bed, each watching something
3: mm-hmm.
0: and she'll put her hands out and touch us both and be like, ah. Oh.
2: So much. Um, oh. Yeah
0: She gets it very much And she understands Love in that way Very much And I got that From my parents as well And Tanda's got that From her parents So it's nice that
1: Yeah but how hey.
0: Dude
1: The good and the bad They pass Yeah
0: the no Hey Equally Equally the, What yeah. irritates me the most About her is my, It's actually my traits Most of it It's like <laughs>
1: <laughs> So nice. my mom once said to me That I have All My dad's good traits and all her terrible
3: traits.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did you have any idea before you had Vile how it would impact your career?
0: I thought my career would stop. And I think I've been trying to do that with my career for the past three to four years. I just couldn't see it being conducive to raising someone and being present. It mattered, the presence part. It's nice to provide financially, but it's also just like uh, the migrant laborer metaphor doesn't go away in that. It's also great to be present in someone's life and to give up a few of those pleasantries of being alone. The thing is, being alone in Paris, yay. Yeah, being alone in London, yay. Mm -hmm. And there's people around you, but, you know, I remember being around. We were at the North Sea Jazz Festival and the Americans were in a circle Few of the, break. we realized they were having the same conversation. They were all having conversations about how their careers were soaring and how they were all getting divorced. And it was just like that lonely life, you know, and yeah. nothing more enriching than seeing a successful person's kids and how that person's another person to their children than they are to the world. Cause you have to be
2: Yeah.
0: I'm a maternal opposite of the ferocious being I am outside to my daughter.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm um, investing in her future in a weird way and who she becomes and who she ends up with as well. By learning the lessons quicker so that not so much of the bad trades through to her, you know?
1: You are her safe place.
0: Yeah. You see it even when you shout as a parent, when your child gets into that. Oh my gosh, the regret when yeah, that happens. Like oh when no. the hands come up and the freeze happens and you remember being in that position as a child yourself. Mm. You really see it as well. You're a safe place, but you've got to remember the Khalil Gibran quote and the fact that you're, you're a vessel. You're how this being came to this earth. They chose you for their own growth and your own growth in relation. You're not everything. Yeah. And it's vital to when they're still giving you that space of being everything, you're able to show them you're just human. Because then there's no pedestal. The pedestal's less higher for you to fall off. Yeah. Because I'm on the other side of watching my mom turn older and older and afraid and afraid I need more. And then judging my relationship to my daughter, where I've been giving in more open, and to my mom, where I'm having like, we're running out of time and we haven't sorted out our issues. Those balancing acts kind of make you realize it's got a lot to do with your own growth. My child's going to be alright. My child's a champ. She knows what she wants. She's stronger than me. And <laughs> she says it a lot. So she'll, her mom will be putting on makeup. And she'll be like, mom, you don't have to put on makeup, you know. You're beautiful as you are. Just be yourself. Oh. Or she'll be like, dad, why are you going to work? We don't need money. Explain to her, no, we need it for school. She's like, yeah, but come on, you know what I mean. You know, there's an underlying thing that life's trying to say to you. It's like, totally. build this life differently so you don't have to leave me every day. Because it's not natural to leave me every day.
1: Yeah. From the outside world, do you think your fans' perception of you has changed since you became a dad?
0: Definitely. Since I became a married man and dad, I put in the forefront of everything I do. Mm. One of my things on my Facebook was like, if it doesn't work for VLA, don't call me. Change my friendship groups, change the people I'm around. It wasn't like I was like, whoa, this is, it just happened as soon as I realized I would need to get married. This is the person I want to get married to.
2: Yeah.
0: It's the kind of home I want to have. And I'm still trying to build that. It was like the initial steps of like, rock star's over. Can't keep it up. Also, my body can't take it any longer. Yeah. Yeah. Life. You know, I love taking naps and cuddle times. <laughs> They're part and parcel of like real life. I was like, yeah, it was great. It was epic, yes. Yeah. You know, that was one of my brothers, a.k.a. It's epic. Well, I was laughing at it the other day. I was like, Yo, that's the kind of human beings we were. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the other side now. I didn't expect to be this old. Didn't
1: expect to be this old? I don't think
0: I'd live this long. Wow. Kind of lifestyles we had. Twenty-seven club. My brother went to our 27th club. Oh. Like, it was weird. They kept dropping seeds Yeah. to be like, yo, man, I'm... Not here forever. We're I mean, not 27th Club, but he was truly, like, he was Kirk Cobain of this. He was the guy who got what he was doing. Yeah. We got it later, but he got it initially. Now you're on the other side, you've battered your body for years. You don't know what it is to have a healthy life. You don't know what it is to have a psychologist. You don't know what it is to have a psychiatrist. I'm trying to figure it out, you know. And I remember seeing this old muso, shooting in his backyard, and his wife. They just seemed to be talking about... His life in such a nostalgic way Where I was like, I never want that Totally Yeah, I'm like, not done It's not necessarily in music But it's just like I don't know, I've never believed in the glory years Yeah And I fought it and every single thing I do I fought this idea that Those were the times Like, no, those times are painful When we're in them
1: Yeah I feel like I'm just watching you Rise and rise and rise
0: It's weird Even a friend yesterday I was like, yo man You have earned your stripes And I was like, um, thank you <laughs> I don't view it in that way. And I think it's a bad thing, learning that, to be like, acknowledge what you've done. Yeah. So it helps you move on as well. You know, it helps you not feel like, oh yeah, this album's going to be it. Yeah. like, I don't know what it is. Also, I never defined it, even on that first one. And then I realized, oh cool, basing it on other people's not a great idea. Mm. I still don't know what a good album feels like to release. Those are really, really great albums. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's the other side of it. It's just, there's a real thing of like, you're not what you conceive yourself to be. You're really living. So get out of conceiving yourself. Actually have a five year plan so you can judge it by something. Cause it's a life. You're going to judge it by yourself and how you feel. There's no constant you. Yeah. It's the constant.
1: Just keep making.
0: Hey, what else can we do? I'm just like, I've never thought of it as a career. I survived with it. Yeah. I've never thought of it as a career. Now I'm getting to that point where when people ask, so, what are you? What do you do? It's so awkward <laughs> to be like a middle-aged rock star. It's like, I'm a rock star. <laughs> oh, your band. How would I have heard of them? It's like, I don't know. I don't answer that question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the person is on, and it's one of either two reactions of like, don't know who the hell they are. Or, whoa, okay. You know, as I've gotten older. When I was younger, it's a painful question. Mm. And it's like, why are you measuring me by whether or not society thinks it's okay for me to do what I want to do? Mm. But money doesn't have to equate to what you do. A hundred percent. And it's did even raising my daughter. people we were like, does she sing? And I'm like, she sang on her own. She didn't allow me to sing at all around her. I only started singing around her this year.
1: Definitely one of my questions yeah. is, how does she feel about your music?
0: She thinks it's cool, but it took a while for her to think it was cool. She mm-hmm. didn't think it's cool just because it was her dad's. <laughs> she first thought, she's the best singer in the world.
1: Yes, I can, I get that.
0: And she really writes really cool songs. I've been like toying with the idea in my head of like, she should be writing the songs for the brother moves on. Really yeah. tell the truth, we make better songs.
1: That could be a cute concept album.
0: Yeah, kids also just get the melodic, arbitrary structure of a catchy song. That mm. so It doesn't become boring, it becomes catchy so and that's how they're still trying to crack it, like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna write that catchy song. It's gonna make so much money. Doesn't happen. Mm. It's catchy to two thousand people because they like you a lot. Not because it's a catchy song. Kids write it every single time. Every single time, really writes a song and starts it. I start singing with them. And she's like, Uh can you stop? <laughs> like, Wow, well, I was just beatboxing. She's like, Can you stop? It's my song. It doesn't need a beatbox. Yeah. And that's what I like. She like specifically knows what her song sounds like.
2: Yeah.
0: And I'm running it all the time. <laughs> no. Yeah. And really beatboxes. She doesn't quite beatbox. She goes. But <laughs> 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 she beatboxes in her head and loves like TikTok beatbox videos. But she's not the kind of child who's made for TV. Luckily she's with parents who know that that's not a good thing.
2: Mm.
0: Even my mom's been like, as a secret, I'm like, going to an agency. Yeah. I was like, as a secret, I'm just going to remove your bed from this house. (laughs) I'm like, no, bro. (laughs) Don't do that to my daughter. I did a reality TV show and it helped my life out quite a bit because it made my life less about the screen and more about the stage.
2: Yeah.
0: So I'm very careful about the thing. And I always say to my mom, mom, how many child stars do you know that are doing all right now as adults? Yeah. Oh. So you make money off your kid, you get out of a financial situation. And your kids never alright because they were put in front of a screen and performed for life and didn't take their personal feelings important. So I'm always trying to move really away from screens and mm. things to quiet life, her alone, her with nature, what do you think? Mm. Because it's important. Even if you're gonna be a musician, even if you're not gonna be a musician. And I had this thing someone was like, So you're gonna keep it away from the arts? I'm like, No, I'm gonna do the opposite. Yeah. Why I ended up in the arts was because it wasn't freely available. Vina wants to do ballet, and do do ballet until like a fetus or and she hates it. Yeah. I'm like, yes, you're right, ballet sucks. <laughs> Vina wants to do like boring dancing, like what, modern dancing, I'll take it in modern dancing. So that she just gets to the other side of realizing, like, I think that's the thing is like, this art thing's supposed to be freely available to everyone. Yes. Everyone's supposed to sing. Everyone's supposed to play the guitar, feel like playing the guitar. Not everyone's supposed to be exceptional in doing everything. Yeah. You know, just do what you like. If more artists felt that way about their work, wouldn't be stuck in this capitalist conundrum of being validated by capital. Because Mm -hmm. there's people who perform 400 gigs in a year. There's someone who performs one gig their whole year. It doesn't mean the person who performs 400 gigs makes more money. How do we structure the way we live our lives? Who pays us to understand what's important in our lives? Yeah. Will they pay you to come with your family? Will they put you up in a place that's conducive to your family and you coming there to stay for a residency for three months instead of coming for a night and driving in and out like you're a teenager trying to get that validation? That's the thing. I don't play after the 16th because it's family time. Yeah. That renewal time till my dad's birthday, which is the 7th of January, is family renewal time. It's on the road time. It's laughing time. Mm. It's cuddle times. It's I'm hungover and I can't do anything time. Yeah. It's not I'm on the road trying to score the last money of season time.
1: Oh, I mean, it leads so nicely into the next section, which is what are some of the challenges you think that parents in the music industry face over other… People
0: in the music industry. Nobody's even asking about your kid. Yeah, the rest of the world lives like the future's children. The arts and music and performance world lives in a void without children.
1: Yeah.
0: People can call you now, want you to come now as if a babysitter is not an issue in life. Yeah. I'm lucky I have my mom. <laughs> a lot of people don't. No child-friendly gigs. While our audience gets older, so now we're thrown back to having to go back to dingy clubs and small spaces and bad sound and, and, and. Mm. Why? Because, well, our audience has children and they can't come at night and we're not pulling the numbers that we apparently can pull. Mm. So they send us back to the beginning. It's not like we grow into a space of dealing in the education space of music. So I've even been saying to the guys, yo, man, you need to start Brother Moves on Academies. Where the drummers can learn from you, where the guitarists can learn from you. Because that's the only way I see it working, is pouring it back into the youth. And not as some like social development way, but like as a healthy way to grow up as a black man who doesn't have to be stuck at Kitchener's at the age of 37. Totally. Going, I'm here again, playing the same 10 venues to the same age group of people. Yeah. While I grow. It's a very Benjamin Button kind of situation. So like, it's that, it's having to relate to this ageless void to, and have a child, and understanding that weekends are also like family times, so we take holidays in the midweek, <laughs> and no one else is out there, mm. and she has her time, but she wants to mix with other people, relate to other people. Other occupations have relations with other adults who have children. We have to, like, force meeting up with our friends who have children who are musicians. Yeah. You know, like, a call could come in that could be like, yo, the great job's in Canada, moving to Canada. Yeah. We have to go. It's a great, like, career move. It means I can not be stuck in being a musician, and I can move into being an arts practitioner and a curator in that space of life. Mm -hmm. That's going to mean Vila's going to move. Yeah, But that's the kind of life she has, that's the kind of parents she chose. My mum says it best, she's like, it's not any different for any other profession.
1: Yeah, that's true. How do you think that our industry could better support parents?
0: Phew, man. It's so weird because it's also the answer to what's lacking. In like, the lack of a market, the lack of a direction, the lack of socio-economic relations that could force the government to be pushing more funding into our space. Yeah. But, like, let's kill the cool. Like, let's make the cool really something that relates back to children. Look, keep the puke fests, but let them not be the youth fests yeah. of the space. Child-friendly festivals where you can go, like, bushfire grew just off this. You could take your kids. I remember this man. He's coming with a wheelbarrow with pillows in it, and he'd drive in in the daytime at 2 Set up a picnic for him and his kids on the side on the left. As it hits like just after main stage act, just before it gets that hardcore, okay, here comes the boozy times. Puts them all into the wheelbarrow sleeping. Drives them into the artist area. Oh. Puts them into bed. And they came every year and I used to look at this and be like, I want my child to have this experience. Yes. That. That's what's going to bring people who come and spend money at the bar and relate to whose kids are going to grow up at those festivals and play at those festivals. And it's not to say we're relegating kind of lifestyle of, like, the boozy puke fest, but it's to go, that can't be the main element of it. Yeah. When I was younger, we used to have to be the guys. We were loud, but we knew that, hey, this is a family festival. Like, go and tip yourselves. But now it's, it's all there is, so... I feel like our audience is that ones who would spend the money who would take it to their corps and their businesses and grow the industry beyond booze and cigarettes is that relation to life, is realizing that we're done. It's about theaters being accessible to children, mm. shows being accessible to children, means of engagement being accessible to children. I'm sorry if you're still chasing that stardom that's supposed to come, your shame. Yeah. We're old. We're supposed to be making the trail to which makes it easier for the Tory that was 16 to get to here quicker so that they mature quicker and extend this maturity and this understanding of this institutional knowledge further. Mm. That's the only way. I don't don't get this. Like I keep seeing everyone feel like they're stuck in the same vibe that they were stuck in 10 years ago, and I'm like, it's not. 10 years ago was about your dreams. It's not about the future. It gives a fuck about your dreams. Yeah. Like, that's why the whole acknowledging that you've done something like it's very 10 year old Garcia needing a pat on his back to feel better about himself. Now I'm going thinking about what happens when I'm gone. And not in a dark way, but in like a what's getting archived? Who's archiving it? Is the archive accessible to young seer this whole idea of the first black dies. We can't keep going through this thing of having to prove that we can do things. Black people have been doing things. It's just like the archive keeps throwing it away. And that's the basis Is also. why Why does it matter that you have to have your name written in their books? <laughs> what kind of life are you living?
1: I mean, that idea of an archive that is accessible
0: Look at South Africa, South African music is one of the most global phenomenons to come out of South Africa. It's tell the truth. It's been happening for decades now, yeah. close to about five, six decades now. We don't have a Hall of Fame. I see big exhibitions in Slovenia, in Paris, in Berlin, big showcases. Someone was saying the other day, it's amazing, Europe curates South African music better than South African curators. Wow. Most amazing South African lineups have happened overseas. What do we do? Like, we need to change this. Yeah. we are the people with the access to the levers of power in this relation? What is it? I mean, it's a big understanding that Europe has that music should not always be gated behind fees. Yes. And musicians don't understand what that means. In that, you can't be charging 80,000 rands to promote and then expect that promoter at the door to charge nothing. Yeah. Unless, of course, you and him understand is getting that money from the government. You know, but you see, it's not absolutes. It's very particular complex relations to who's paying for the artist. What is the artist doing for free? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: And how are people who can't access things able to access the space? Totally. Over and over. Not as a peace deal of like, yeah, we played that free gig. No, but as part of our whole process is that for everything we give, to the puke fest festival that's going to give us that 60, 70, 80k. We're going to play one, three, four k gig in the backyard in Zakane in forced law. To that promoter who we know has been building the art scene in Joburg and is trying to make sure that his neighborhood starts getting this art thing. Why are we reinvesting? Why is it always the investment is coming from European arts organizations into us? What are we investing in our spaces? in our vibes, which is not pushed by their proposals and their outcomes. Because there's an ideological juncture there where it messes out. Where, yeah, it's well-meaning, but it's not dealing with the context. Maybe the context does need an artist workshop. What are we doing to make things happen that are vital? And as artists, hey, man, we found wanting on that question. Yeah. Very much. Our shit is gated. We're like, we're like journalism. Yeah. yeah. They cleaned out the real shit and they left us with the gated shit. The people are behind the paywall. Mm. Nothing's done for art's sake. Nothing's done to share that, that first excitement that, like, whoa, this is what I want to do with my life. Nothing's done to facilitate that. And from the artists, there are a lot of, like, arts arts activists and arts facilitators that do that, but I'm like, artists. Mm. If it's not going to mean a commercial outcome, it ain't going to be shared. And there's a lack of unity in relation to that. And maybe then let's search from the unity from the building unit of the family. Let's not do it for artists and for artists versus the world, et cetera. Mm. Let's do it to fix the South African family and to give it spaces it can actually like enjoy itself and make sense. Mm. That's outside of Spur.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so interesting, actually. <laughs> what we have seen happening in the folk scene is a garden concert, which is an opportunity... For parents to bring their children to a safe place, yep. to put out a picnic blanket, to experience music in a way that they haven't for a long time, instead of, as you say, going to a restaurant. The whole experience of that is stressful, of a restaurant. I mean, those parents are not coming to clubs anymore. No, so you just not. lose your market. They're gone. And those days are beautiful. Mm. And I think that. Yeah, we need more of
0: that. If you want to be capitalist about it, that's the buying market.
1: Yeah.
0: That's it. And it's not to say you don't need to go back and play that important varsity gig. Mm. So the kids know that, that historically this is something that's occupying the space. Yeah. For very political reasons, actually. But the thing is, in our past, what we've learned is we made more money off house gigs than we did off our festival gig. Yeah. Our festival gig was this one fee. Which we strained with accommodation, per diem, et cetera, et cetera, to get the same amount we got from the house gig, where we had twenty people, who we got four thousand six hundred from the door, and they bought merch and CDs worth another five three. Amazing. We didn't have to hire sound. It's a small like folk attack. Yeah. We didn't have to hire sound. We didn't have to hire doorman. We didn't have to do all these other things that so and that's the thing about I am just sitting here going, we just went to play Takani. All of our tour spaces that we went to, Takane had the least attendance but made us the most money because the people in Takane bought vinyls. They were buying three or four vinyls per person. And then we played Davidson, f- packed, lots of people, yeah, but the the maths of those people compared to the maths of these people. And that's what getting old does to you. It's just like you don't have to have a billion fans.
2: Yeah.
0: And the biggest marketing run and global tours. You need a local.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you
0: need a place you play every week. God, oh, imagine. That's it. That's in essence what you need. A place that fits your identity, fits your family. Your family can come and sit there that week. You need a local.
1: That's a great idea.
0: The health of an artist is how many times that artist performs. And so many times we make that based on capital. How many times you get to perform.
2: Yeah.
0: You know? And not the ritual. The ritual done to 10 people over and over again means that, you know, it's easier to do it for 400,000 people.
2: Yeah.
0: But the ritual done to 90,000, 20,000, 4,000, 2,500 it's just it's not enough for you to, like, understand what you're doing and where you can alter it. And you're just throwing things into the dark, hoping they land.
1: Totally. I mean, that's an incredible piece of advice for any indie artist.
0: Is that just take it easy, man. Like,
1: I out what you're doing.
0: Then it becomes easier to sell it. Most bands biggest mistake is that someone picks them up before they know what they're selling. Then you're having fights about someone else's ideas because you don't have any. Yeah. So that's the thing about it. It's like it's cool to like defer on someone's ideas if you have ideas, but now you're all fighting that you guys don't have the idea and this person showed up with an idea and turned you now into a world music band.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, why are we now playing world music? It was like Cause you didn't have an idea, totally, of what you wanted to do. So there's nothing I was pushing back.
1: There's that famous idea that if you don't know your direction, someone else does.
0: And maybe sometimes it's not bad. Tiago from :341 said, "Give the freaking like major that one big album, yeah, so they get you into their roster and run with you." But that's if you're that artist. Yeah, and most of us are not. He did. Most of us don't know what kind of artist we are.
1: That's the truth. We reinvent and we reinvent.
0: Yeah, but we don't even know have a language for that. So we're like, what, when someone asks you, what genre of music you play it makes you nervous, it's like someone asks you, what do you do with your life? Yeah. Not that you're like, yeah, I don't I'm just I don't do genre. It's a comfortability of like, I'm not trying to be cool, but we do funk and we do some rock and then we do. And to call ourselves one of those things would be just demeaning.
2: Mm.
0: People get or they don't. And that's why it's sound. It's because it wasn't supposed to be explained. Just like, listen. Yeah, well, if we could have explained the Brother who's on, why did we play it? It's cheaper just to like sit on the stage and be like, Yeah, I'm the vocalist. <laughs> and what I try to vocally is. basically is <laughs> like, Yeah, you know, then I bring this to the. It's so hard to even like have an interview with the band. They hate interviews. Because everyone's just like, What are we supposed to just be cool? <laughs> so like, everyone's just becomes these weird, like, stick ons of themselves, like these two dimensional beings. And he's yeah. like, Nah man That's the thing It's like If it was explainable If we were great speakers We'd be a public speaking crew Yeah Or a band You like it? Come see it live Yeah Buy it on CD But just cause it's not In the Man and Guardian Doesn't mean it ain't Worth listening to And that's like The shift in the I'm trying to re-listen To music again though Like mm-hmm. to get some Loving music again And one of the parts Is just like Stop liking things Just cause other people Like them And stop hating things Just cause other people Hate them Find for yourself that thing that made you you. Get to know yourself. Like, slow it down. Make you a better musician, better parent. And you won't need to be there all those things to live. Yeah. You know? You'll live, like, through them, but not be stuck on the issue of, like, what's a good dad? Because that's was the first few years is, like, what's oh, a good dad? Yeah. I just, just want to be a good dad. Yes. Then when you make a mistake, you're like, oh, my God, I shouted at her. Mm. And you're guilty the whole day. And she just wants you to hang with her in the present again, and you're stuck in your ways. So half the time it's just like, let go, let go, you're going to fuck it up. Yeah. And you're not raising her alone. The village is raising her.
1: I mean, I was going to ask that. You've mentioned your mom, and you've mentioned your wife. What is your support system like?
0: My mom is the best support system in the world. Yeah. Like... My mom is strength incarnate, right? Then I've got my sister who's like the fierce bull that you see in me is because of my sister. Yeah. My older sister were born on the same day, five years apart. She's married to this amazing man called Andrew Chacama. Andrew is Vile's uncle. He's my brother.
2: Yeah.
0: Cause like his mom passed away. So him and my mom have a very close relationship as well. And we both lost my brother. We let go of the in-law relation. Mm. Then I've got my in-laws on my wife's side my mother-in-law is a center when everything fell apart for COVID, my mother-in-law was just like i got you for three months you'll figure it out
1: amazing
0: don't freak out i got you
2: yeah
0: tell me what you need to pay i got you and i was like okay cool (laughs) just always been there for my wife in that way where she doesn't want to make the relationship to be topsy-turvy at any point, she wants us to both be contributing at that point in life. And she's been amazing on that. My brother-in-law, Olisa, who is Vila's favorite uncle, big, burly, loving man, like her uncle Fumbata, her auntie Avena, who she looks exactly like. Yeah. So between my sister and my wife's sister, Vila is a mix of the two and loves them both like to the earth. And they like inform the fierce female that she is. So I've got this, like, cavern of, like, old-grown matriarchs. And then the boys in the middle and my sister and my wife and her little sister. And that's my family to, like, the central core. I've got so many real people in my life.
1: And I think in terms of support and coping, community is, like, number one.
0: Central. Central. You know, everything in life is trying to make you feel like you're alone. And if you're around people who make you feel alone, Maybe Get in the I wrong answer. place. Yeah, and That's been like my defining factor of who should be in my life and who shouldn't be. Yeah. Who sees that I'm vulnerable to, and I'm trying to figure it out too.
1: Now, despite your amazing support system, yeah. what are some of the challenges that you face on a daily basis, balancing parenting and music?
0: Yeah. every time. I feel guilty every time I leave my daughter. Yeah. And she's not helping me. Anymore. Yeah.
1: She's,
0: Makes you feel guilty. No, 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 no. <laughs> even when I come back now, she's like, "Oh, is my dad back?" No. And I will come running out and so like, "Oh yeah, let's give a hug. Oh yeah, yeah. oh daddy, does know what I've been doing? You know what I downloaded?" And she just start talking and talking and talking. And talking. Yeah. So like leaving my daughter anytime is kind of difficult. I can't work with her around neither because she comes in and she's like, "Oh, are we working." <laughs> so finding that balance and how it plays itself out in an office so I make my money on my phone mm. I'm moving all the time but now it means I'm not always constantly there yeah I'm trying to separate those worlds Uh I've done it in time because my wife used to hate it that I was busy all through the day yeah so now it's very straight I don't care whether you're calling from New York Berlin wherever if I say five o'clock I'm done I'm done yeah and if I say we're having a half six I've asked my wife To be like, Berlin's gonna call her have sex, is that alright? It's like cool. I'll take her to I'll have sex at that time. Yeah. Cool. And she'll respect it, she'll look after my daughter and the relation. But I have had to signify to myself, this is family time. So if I'm not gigging, I'm at home. Yeah. After this meeting, I'm driving home. Yeah. I'm calling my wife to be like, what do you need me to bring home? Because that's my life. And it's where my the magic happens as well. So we have to admit, Uh, I'm not even in the doldrums. Because that's where the creativity comes into play. Yeah. Happens on tours and stuff and other ways, but it's been a shift.
1: How do you think your career has impacted your daughter? Or do you think you'll still see the impact of your career on her?
0: Hey, man. Still see. Look, it's kept the lights on. (laughs) It's that side of it, but like, still see. I hope not a lot. Yeah. I would love for my daughter to come across my works and... Over the years, earn money from the state that's left over. But I want to have a normal life. It's not about me anymore. Yeah. It's a weird place to get to. Most people think it's like you're resolving yourself to death. Mm. But it's not that. It's just, it's been so long about me to me. It has to be about other things. Yeah. I'm always going to be around to myself. You know, so I have to find other filters to how I make things about me. So making it about my daughter is really about me. Yeah. You know, but it's not as direct as the other way because then I wouldn't be able to put her first. So I have to kinda of like envision it in being her being first. I get about my wife in the same way. Yeah. So even whenever I get any like booking, my first question my thought is like, Can I find a
2: way to pay for a ticket? Absolutely.
0: I want to show my wife that it's not me going away from her. <laughs> yeah it's the opposite. It's actually me going towards her and as much as I can by making money to be present. Yeah. Because South Africa doesn't look after us. Oh. <laughs> that's the truth.
1: How are we going to find a way? That's the point. For me we hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to uh, show people how they can help, how they can better support us. Maybe that's part of it is that it's lesser unwillingness and rather an uncertainty of how.
0: look, Build your own boat. Yeah. That's all Corona's taught me. Yeah. Stop counting on the social boat. Yeah. We'll build the social boat once we all have boats. Yeah. No one's going to build the social boat until they've built their own boat. So let's make an equitable world where people can build their own boats.
1: I like the sound of that. Yeah,
0: rather than counting on the social boat being built.
1: So now, big up someone for a moment. Yeah. Local artist
0: to watch. There's Keenan Mayer, amazing pianist, just come out, really, really, really beautiful album. There's Tantin Nokwali, also just released an album, really, really bang, just blew me away. If you're looking for not so well polished, like Diamond in the Rough, like the Brother Moves On was, shameless, shameless band, they're dealing with an issue, tech it. If you want a band that was hot before we were hot and have come together again on the vibe late antique I've come together now they're really really fire kicking ass we all know Mandisi junkies is kicking ass he's one of the few people who declares a show and it's sold out in 24 hours kills it Bongi's is doing the same kind of, yeah. kind of relation yes. in life let's not knock it Zoe Mudicha is another one who's doing the same kind of vibe watch out for how Musaki is going to create the oasis for many and is creating the oasis for many an artist to find refuge so like power there the most amazing vocalist hands down still Sia Macozini, the most amazing soul that sings and plays with such heart Duli. yeah I keep going eh? my thing is I listen to my contemporaries mm, oh my god I love South African music and and it's weird Is like I can't listen to something if I don't like it yeah so it's not like a, oh, let me support one. No, yeah. it's like, I've really been into this. It's like why I did the compilation was because I listened to these people's music. Yeah. I Oh, Keenan Ahrens' album is the best thing. No one really pays attention to it enough. Benjamin Jafter's Homecoming is one of the most amazing albums. It saved my life during COVID.
1: Oh my gosh. So you know what I'm going to do? Yeah. Um, when I re-listen to this, I'm yeah. going to make a little list and... Send those names to you, and maybe you can pick a song from each, and we can make a little playlist that I, I can, can include. I can do that easily for you. So that'll be in the show notes. Yeah. That'll be so exciting. Yay. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: I've got the playlist already. You don't even have to. <laughs> don't, don't even worry about that list. We will just I'll, share it. I'll yeah. share the link to the playlist. Perfect. Yeah. And it's of South African music from the 60s till now. Oh, I, wow. Yeah. I, I did. Even now, I went to the. to go do a show with uh, the Metropole Orchestra, their big band. And it was of South African music from, so I sang Stime I sang What else did I sing? I did a poem from Benjamin Jaft a track which is originally done by Chit's Finger. But the universe has been having me deal with this as my source work. Yeah. This music, the South African, and it's not just the music, it's just the tangibility of the philosophies and spiritualities that lie in it so deeply. Mm. The last five years of my making has been about South African music. The other day, I was like, so you're like Mr. South African now, hey? <sighs> I was like, no, I wouldn't think of it that way. It's just because I think it's also we limit what is South African. Yeah. Where every country I've gone to, people have brought artifacts to me of South African music. To be like, this guy was here. He sat and lived at my house. You seem like the right people to leave him with. Wow. So it's just what I was sent for, I guess.
1: So what advice do you have for South African musicians and the musicians who are considering becoming parents?
0: Okay, advice for South African musicians would be allow SAMRA and the Southern African Collecting Society to collect your South African and African publishing and mechanicals, et cetera, et cetera, and move the rest of it to the PRS in the UK. The same equivalents, but in Europe, because they're just, you need, Collecting societies, watching collecting societies and raising the power of collecting societies. You need not be stuck with Samura not being able to pick up your stuff. It's taken me up to this long where I switched from Gallo Music to a UK-based publisher. Based on the fact that the guy was like, here are your songs in circulation. How much are they paying you right now? There's apps. There's. It's no longer this like pie-in-the-sky world. You can be earning from music. Teach and learn. Like it's what's gonna keep you alive. Stage is nice money when it's moving, but it's not gonna make it work. Get that online moving, dude. That's how we got overseas. We played gigs at home. We showed how we pertinent to an audience at home and internationals. One of the same vibes they were seeing on our videos. Yeah. So you know, that's what I'd say to them. I just about to become parents. Yo, I'm scared for us. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing out there for us, not even the funders have even started to wrap their heads around the fact that we're parents,
2: yeah
0: there's nothing there's nothing looking after us in healthcare and you know South Africa doesn't have this financial system where if enough money's moving through your account, we acknowledge that you're being paid. that mm. needs a formal paycheck, and that's hurting like fathers and mothers who are working, yeah and keeping us in the informal sector in essence and not able to get. The debt. <laughs> Thank God though. We're yeah. not able to get the debt to live like our counterparts who are actually kind of sad due to that debt. Yeah. So it's a double-edged sword.
1: I mean, that's amazing. That is all incredible advice. And I've loved having you here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited about this. How can people get hold of you or follow
0: you? My surest way is Instagram under himself, mm-hmm. uh, him underscore self. Mm-hmm which is my solar projects and how I link to everything else. Uh, that's one thing that'll never go down. Facebook, Siabangam Tembu, Twitter, probably going down soon. Mr. Gold is me. Uh-huh. I'm over having a Twitter account. I like reading other people's Twitter accounts. I don't like the activity of me doing something there.
2: Yeah.
0: Email happybrownbabies at com. Babies, B-A-B-Y-S. Surefire way to get a hold of me. Generally, I'm online. I am. I'm easier to find online than at kids these days. So,
1: Amazing. Thank you for being here.
0: Thank you for having me. Thank you for having something with parents and music. and It's a killer idea. Yay, thank you. It's time, I think. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. It's also just like we're a generation that's supposed to be instructing new ways of thinking of us and the system. And one that includes our children and that they have to go to school. Yep. You know, it becomes easier for people to realize, pay that deposit if they realize our kids also go to school.
1: Yeah.
0: Our school fees can't be, maybe the money will come.
1: I know, my language.
0: Yeah, Yeah, these prep schools ain't easy,
1: man. This episode was made possible by the Music in Africa Foundation, the German Federal Foreign Office, Siemens Stiftung and Goethe Institute. The Music in Africa Foundation is a pan-African non-profit organization based in Johannesburg, South Africa, with satellite offices in East, West and Central Africa. Their mission is to support the African music sector through promoting knowledge exchange and creating opportunities and capacity for music professionals. I'm Shotgun Tori, and if you're an indie artist whose passion for what you do can inspire or fuel others, get in touch. I'd love to chat. You can find me on my website at ShotgunTori.com.
0: You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.
3: What's up, baby? What's up, baby? But it's mean, baby.